Alright, look what it says in verse 4 of John chapter 15. It says, Abide in me, and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine. No more can ye, except ye abide in me. I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me, ye can do nothing. I want you all to burn that in your brain right there. That one statement, for without me, ye can do nothing. And the title of my message today is Remembering Our Dependence on Christ. Remembering Our Dependence on Christ. This is a challenge I want to put to you. Uh, This is a mindset. I want you to take into the new year. This is our last Sunday of 2019, and we're going into a new year. And I just want to say that 2019, no doubt, has been our most exciting year so far. We've seen more people saved. Our attendance has been uh, higher than ever. I mean, there's been some great things that have taken place. You know, I was encouraged by the fact that, you know, people are having a tough time finding seats in here. You know, I was encouraged by the fact that people are having a tough time finding a place to park. In the parking lot, you know, some of you younger ones, maybe Sunday mornings, if you walk a little bit, maybe park over at the school parking lot, walk over. I'll suggest that now I'm thinking about it. These are good problems to have. And, you know, because of the growth that we're experiencing, we're, we're doing everything we can to make a move this year. We're probably going to be moving into a new building, uh, you know, better location, bigger location. It's going to uh, have greater potential. I mean, we there, a, a lot of great things are happening around here. I'm encouraged by... Uh, what's happening with the music program in our church right now. And I don't know about you, but I'm enjoying the song service as much as anything else that goes on uh, during this service, even more than my preaching. I'm enjoying the I'm enjoying the song service and just hearing the instruments and hearing the full crowd and lift, listening to people lift their voice up and sing. I think you, I think the more instruments there are, the better you all sing, too, because it's just it's, it's loud. I like loud singing. I don't like going to a church. And listening to a bunch of people with sourpusses just kind of murmuring through a song, it, it's lame. Right? It, it's not uplifting at all. There's nothing worshipful about it. And, and I'm enjoying that. And, folks, we're just getting started on that. We're making some plans, too. You know, we're hoping to add some uh, choir with the instruments, too, in this next year. But, you know, part of the problem we're having right now is this room. We don't even have room for the instruments up here. But, man, you know, it, it's going to happen soon. All right? And if somebody just wants to cough up some little extra money, we can make it happen real soon and get in that building over there. Uh, I know we already took the offering a little late saying that, but, uh, but we're, you know, we're going to make that happen. All right? and, and I'm excited about what God's going to do. We've seen more baptisms this year than any previous year. We've given more to missions this year than any previous year. And I'm really hoping in this next year to really ramp that up and start doing more and actually taking some... Uh, trips to other places and other parts of the world, helping uh, this year. I'm hoping to do a lot to just kind of help some churches that are getting started and just try to uh, be there to make a difference. The Lord has given us the ability to do that, and, and I'm excited about it. And the, the other thing, too, that I'm really excited about that's coming this year, too, in just a couple months, I'm going to be able to quit my other job and be full-time as a pastor. That's going to help everything out here that's a huge step forward so i mean you know folks things have been this was a really good 2019 was a really good year in fact you know what else we also did in 2019 we actually walked right through our first the first major attack on our church and folks we walked through that like nothing happened i mean not only did we walk through that like nothing happened but i mean we i mean it was like a snowball moving forward 
I mean, the churches have been doing better since that all went down. I, they, there was a, a major active effort to try to silence us, to try to hurt us financially. And not only did it fail, but I mean, the opposite happened. You know, our voice has gotten louder and it is just talking to talk about finances, but the finances got better. I mean, what an epic failure that took place right there. And, you know, I, that, that's something to be excited about. I, I used to fear that type of thing. I used to think, man, you know, what if, you know, what if that happened? What if those, you know, we were to get attacked? No big deal. You know, and let me just share this with you, too. When that, when, when that whole first attack started happening, I was just, we were just talking about this week. Uh, I was actually in Arizona when it happened. We were on Tommy's senior trip. We were staying at literally the coolest place I've ever been. It was out in the middle of nowhere. It looked like someplace in the John Wayne movie. We stayed at this junky hotel, literally out in the middle of nowhere, where when we got to the hotel, there was just a note on the door saying, the room's unlocked, you just go in there, the keys and everything. There was nobody there. There was no one at the hotel. And I remember I went, and I, it's just beautiful out there. I'm like walking down the street. I'm walking down the middle of the road. No cars anywhere. Just looking at this beautiful area. And I went, and I'm sitting on like the front porch of this place. I'm kind of all by myself, just sitting on the front porch, just the most relaxed I've ever been. Sometimes when I just need to relax, I'll think about that place, and it calms me down. It, it really does. I want to go back. I don't think my wife would like staying there. But I absolutely love that place. That was, that was paradise out there. And I remember I'm literally sitting out there on that porch, and I'm on my iPad, and I'm reading some of the most vile hate comments I've ever seen in my life. Because, you know, and some of the guys in the church were like texting me, hey, man, these people are coming out, they're trying to get our YouTube channel shut down, they're doing this, doing that. And I'm just, I'm just as relaxed as can be. It was like the Lord did that. You know, I couldn't even get stressed out about it. I was like, I'm too relaxed. This place is too nice. And I'm just kind of reading through, just literally enjoying it. <laughs> I mean, you know, I, and he said it was hard, too. You know, for a second, I started to try to feel sorry for myself. But then I was with Pastor Anderson there, and I'm like, dude, this guy gets this, like, every day. <laughs> so I couldn't feel sorry for myself. So I just enjoyed myself. And that, you know, that's... You know, that's the way, that, you know, that's how much that whole thing hurt us. That massive effort. It didn't. It, it helped, if anything. And I do, I believe 2020 is going to be an even better year. But what can we do to make sure of that? Because it doesn't necessarily have to be. Things can change in a heartbeat if we're not careful. And so I just want to show you a few things that I want us to do to take, you know, to, uh, an attitude I want us to have going into 2020 to make sure that things continue going good. And first off, like I said, in the title of the message, we need to remember our dependence on Christ. He is the key to this thing. We are not the secret to any success. Jesus Christ is the secret to success. And we better never forget that. And that brings me to that first point. What can we do to make sure 2020 will be our best year? And that is, let's not get a big head. You know, just because... The Lord has seen fit to bless our church and to do some good things in our church. That does not mean that we're just some extra special, oh man, you know, the Lord is getting all these blessings. The Lord's just seen fit to just finally let me reap what I've sown. You know, I've done all these good works and God has just decided to just because, you know, pour out all these blessings on our church because he wants 
all the churches in the world looking to us for an example. First off, no, we're actually supposed to be looking to Jesus. But sometimes people get that attitude, and I've been there before. You know, I've, I've been in a church that's thriving and successful and doing good, and you do, you kind of get a big head. You kind of start looking at other churches, man, like, you know, you know I, I know what's wrong with that church. You know, if that pastor would just give me five minutes and would just listen to me, I could straighten him out and I could fix all the problems in his church, and then their church could be as successful as ours is. But you get that kind of attitude, God's going to come down on you so hard it's not even funny. Uh, just understand what everything that we have in this church, the Lord gave and the Lord can take away. And we better never, ever, don't you forget that. It's not, I, I can't just be the only one remembering this. If we've got a bunch of people in our church thinking, man, our church is awesome because we're awesome. Or there might even be some people in here thinking our church is awesome because, you know, we came here and made it awesome. <laughs> don't get that attitude. The Lord will show you that you're not awesome, and He'll make our church stink because of you, and then you'll end up getting burnt out here, going to another church, and then that church will stink because of you too. God will do that kind of thing. We can't go getting a big head. Look what it says in James four, chapter ten, or chapter yeah, chapter four, verse ten. It says, "Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord, and He shall lift you up." Speak not evil one of another, brethren. He that speaketh evil of his brother and judgeth his brother speaketh evil of the law and judgeth the law. But if thou be a judge of the law, thou art not a doer of the law, but a judge. There is one lawgiver who is able to save and to destroy. Who art thou that judgest another? Now, so much can be said about this passage right here. But basically, the thing that we need to realize is when it comes to anything good that God has done for us and God is doing in our church, we need to understand that it's just our job to be humble about it and understand that it is God's job to lift us up. It is not our job to lift ourselves up. And then especially, we do not need to then turn around and go and figure out what everyone else is doing wrong and start judging our brother according to the law. And then us saying, well, let me tell you why we're doing so successful. We've got that Great Commission thing down. And then all of a sudden... We start going to the book of Acts and talking about all the things that we're doing like they did in the book of Acts. And, you know, these other churches, they're leaving that part out. You know, these other churches, they're not doing the whole thing. They're not preaching the whole council. They're leaving certain things out. And we're, what are we doing? We're judging our brothers. We're judging other churches according to the law, not realizing that, you know, there's plenty of things that we're not doing like they did in the book of Acts. There's plenty of things that we are missing out on. There's areas where maybe we're out of balance ourselves. But at the end of the day, God gives grace to the humble. And often, God just blesses people, not because of how much of the letter of the law they're following, but because of how dependent they are on Him. Because of, you know, they've got the right spirit. They're humble. You've got other people. They're following more of the letter of the law, but they've got a proud and they've got an arrogant spirit. They're down on everybody else. And you know what God's going to do? God's going to abase those people. And I don't want that being us. I don't want to be the one that God is abasing. So just because something is going good here, that's not my time to go out and write a book. And isn't that what pastors do all the time? You know, some pastor, he goes and he, you know, the Lord blesses something that he does. And now he's the expert. He's the know-it-all on that. And so he's going to, first thing he's got to do, he's got to go write a book. And then he's going to go on a book tour. Trying to sell his book to all the churches who, you know, because every pastor out there wants what he has because he succeeded on something. And you know what he needs to just do is he just needs to shut up and just, you know, tell people, you know, just write a book with two words saying, be humble. 
That, you know, and at the end of the day, that's the key to it. You know, we've all got stuff we're doing right. We've all got stuff we're doing wrong. At the end of the day, it's God that gives the increase. At the end of the day, without Him, we can do nothing. I don't need to go write a book about everything I'm doing right. And I also don't need to go write a book about how everybody else is doing everything wrong. That's just, that's not, and I'm all for writing books when it comes to certain things. But some people are just way too anxious to just write a book. It makes them money. That, and that's not right. So the Lord gives, the Lord takes away. Let's just praise the Lord and let's be thankful for what he's done. Let's thank God today for what he has given us. Let's thank God you know, today for what he has done in 2019. Because in 2020, if God felt it necessary, he could take it all away from us. We could lose it all. We could lose the spirit that's in this church. We could lose the unity. We could lose the people. We could lose the money. We could lose it. We could lose it all. It could all go away just like that. And we've got to remember that. We need to never forget that. And always remember, we are completely dependent on Christ. And often, when churches get started, they do. They get real dependent on Christ. And we've been there. You know, we've been through the tough times. We've been through the dry seasons. And when you're going through those times, that's often when you're looking to the Lord. That's often when you spend a little more time in prayer. And you do. You just kind of have this attitude of, Lord, if you don't do something, we're in big trouble. But then God comes along and he blesses. And then all of a sudden, we think we've, we've got this now. No, we don't. And isn't that what constantly happened to Israel? They get in trouble. They call on the Lord. He would deliver them. Then they'd be blessed. And then they'd get a big head. And then God would have to get, let them get in trouble again. Do we really want to go back to that? Do we want... You know, I, I don't want, So, you know what? Let's just every day be dependent on God. Say, you know, you know what we ought to do? We ought to, we ought to fear the fact that God is blessed. Because of the fact that we could get lifted up with pride. And we need to beg God to keep us dependent on Him. Because without Him, we can do nothing. And understand, you know, building a church, it's not about just having big buildings. Because there's a lot of false prophets out there that are big, building big buildings. Is that the business we want to get into? You know, there's a lot of false prophets out there that are going to get way bigger crowds than we're getting. Is that what we're shooting for? Because we can get that kind of thing without God. But you know what? I want the real fruit. I want the things that are going to last. I want the things that are eternal. The things that really make a difference. And if we're going to have that kind of fruit, we are 100% dependent on Jesus Christ. We can't do it on our own. And we cannot forget that. And don't don't you forget that. Do not get a big head. You know, I, I talked to a lady, I think just two weeks ago, and we were out soul winning. And uh, I was over in Sterling. She was out walking, invited her to church, and she mentioned how her church is struggling and how she said that there was like four churches, like all just right there in that physical area we were in, that do not have pastors. And she's talking about how, you know, churches are just, they're all dying out here, she said. The, you know, they can't afford to keep any pastors. No pastors want to stay out here. And, and then she's like asking about our church. And, and you know, and a part of me, you know, I'm like, well, yeah, our church is growing. Yeah, our church is actually trying to buy another building. You know, I'm actually just getting ready. And, you know, and folks, I'm made out of the same flesh you are, so don't give me this look. But, I, you know, I remember when I'm kind of thinking, that's not our church. <laughs> Boy, you got to watch that, folks. And you know what? And I thought about that even as, you know, as I start, you kind of start to get the big head. And I thought, you know what? It could change tomorrow. It could change just like that, 
if we're not careful, and you know what I did? I just thank the Lord. And it's okay for you to enjoy, you know, the blessings of God. You enjoy the good things, but just make sure you're thanking Him for it. Thank God for it. Thank God for what He's doing. And don't forget it. We don't need anybody getting a big head in here. We don't need anybody, you know, let's not let any of our church members be one of these just, you know, nut job, new IMB, keyboard warrior clowns that are just going around on Facebook and, you know, bragging and just, you know, running their mouths about everything and running down other pastors going on YouTube and leaving comments everywhere and just, you know, shut up with that kind of stuff. And let me just get on a side note here too. Just, I just want to say this again. I think I, I probably should preach on this every two or three months. Stinking flatterers, all right? Flatterers make me sick. And these people that go on there, that it, leave comments over the top, you know, flattering comments. Some people do it to me, and some people, they, you know, they do it to other pastors. Let me tell you, when you go around flattering people, and you just go in with your over-the-top praise, let me tell you something. You're exposing yourself for being a fraud. And if you want to go flattering me, just understand, I'm not going to just chew you out. And I'm not just going to start throwing people out of the church for flattery. I'm not sure that that would be biblical, but I thought about it. I thought, you know what? We just ought to start throwing flatterers out of the church. Because it's only a matter of time before you're going to be stabbing us in the back. It's only a matter of time before you're going to be running down this church and criticizing this church. And if you come in this church and you've been here two weeks and all of a sudden we're just the greatest church in the world and I'm the greatest pastor in the world, you know what? You're a bad person. You need to get out of this church. Don't you dare say that you're being funny. I'm not being funny. Mark it down. Okay, You watch these people. Somebody comes in here and they're just giving over-the-top flattery. You know why they do that? Because they don't know the difference between right or wrong because they're bad people. And so what are they doing? They're saying the most extreme thing, just hoping to deceive. They can't be balanced. They can't just say what's true from their heart because their hearts are evil. And I say all that because we have flattery that comes our way sometimes. And I don't want anybody here to ever believe it. Never believe that junk. I I just want to just rip these people's head off sometime. But i got to be careful. I don't want to look like a jerk. Somebody leaves a comment. Oh, I just love your preaching, Pastor Tommy. You're the greatest. And then just like, you know, I don't want to just go on. I might be thinking, get out of here, you scumbag. You know, I would probably look really bad. But just... That's probably what they are, is a scumbag. And I hope you all get that. Pastor Bradley did a post today. It was a quote from Lee Robertson about not ever believing compliments. I'm not going to quote it right, but he's like, never believe the compliments people say about you. And you know, that's a true statement. I agree with that. And people that are on the outside that go over the top with flattery about our church, I don't want anybody in this church to fall for it. We are not that cool, all right? And, and the truth, I'm not being funny, all right? We're not. But, you know, we do have a great God, and let's serve Him. Let's stay dependent on Him, and let's not get full of ourselves and not get arrogant. That will take us down so fast. And people out there today, they want to take us down so bad. I mean, that, that's, I think that's one of the tactics they're using to take us down is the over-the-top flattery. And I've called these people out before. I've told you some of these people, when we're talking amongst ourselves, you know, this YouTuber that's always building me up, mark it down, they're a bad guy. And we've seen it, where they revealed themselves later to be a bad guy. Flatterers are no good. And they, one of the, it's the devil's way of getting you to get a big head 
So God will take you down. Because, you know, the devil can't do anything to us without God's permission. He can't. He can't get at us unless God allows him to. So what a better way to get at us than to lift us up with pride. Because that's a surefire way to get God mad at us. And then we're going down, folks. So never believe the press. Do not get a big head. And I preach. A whole, I should probably just preach a whole mess on that. But y'all get it? All right, y'all get it? Are you going to believe it the next time somebody comes in this church and says we're the greatest church or ever? Are you going to believe it the next time somebody some, somebody comes along? Uh, Pastor Tommy, one of America's greatest preachers. Last guy that said that to me he thinks I'm a reprobate now. Okay, don't fall for it. It's a stinking lie, and the devil's using these people. To take us down. And you know what? Don't you go doing it to other churches and to other pastors. Just go going out there, just buttering up, kissing their rears, praising him. When you do that type of thing, you're setting them up for failure. And you know what? These guys know that better than that too. And you're just exposing yourself as a fraud. Is all you're doing. So you, you better watch it. We're on to you. If you're one of these over-the-top flatterers, and we have, we've had them in here, and we ran them off before, and we're going to keep doing whatever we can to run them off. You say, why are you ranting on this, Pastor Tommy? I want to run off any flatterers. I don't want, I, I can't really find the biblical reason to throw them out of church yet. So I just try to run them off like this by just letting them know we've got, we've got you nailed. All right? And I'm probably not going to get a compliment for the next month. And you know what? That's fine with me. There's nothing more aggravating Somebody lifting you up one day and then just stabbing you in the back the next day. Just just leave it alone. Just go praise praise the Lord. Okay, just go praise the Lord. He is worthy. So look at Luke chapter 15. Another thing, too, we've got to make sure if we're going to continue being successful in 2020, let's not take people for granted. Do not take people for granted. Look what it says in Luke 15, verse 3. And he spake this parable unto them, saying, what man of you, having a hundred sheep, if he lose one of them, doth not leave the ninety and nine in the wilderness, and go after that which is lost, until he find it? And when he had found it, he layeth it on his shoulders, rejoicing. And when he cometh home, he called together his friends and his neighbors, saying unto them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep, which was lost. And I say unto you, that likewise joy shall be in heaven over one sinner that repenteth, more than over ninety and nine just persons, which need no repentance. Now, no, right there, a very famous parable. But we need to make sure we have that attitude, okay? As our church, you know, when your church is small, you know, when you're running, you know, in the 20s or 30s, you know, you notice that one family quite a bit that doesn't show up. Or even that one person that doesn't show up quite a bit makes a big difference. But as you grow, you don't notice it so much anymore. It doesn't have as big of an impact. But, you know, we should still care. We should still care about everybody that's a part of this church. We should still care about every soul, every one of our brothers and sisters in Christ. We don't need to take them for granted. Ah, we'll, we'll be fine without them. Uh, they don't do that much in the church anyway. You know, uh, they're not a company. You know, they don't have any money. You know, who can, you know whatever, whatever thing your mind, might, your messed up mind might think, we shouldn't have that attitude. We shouldn't take people for granted. We better remember they're all important. And we don't, yeah, we don't want to get all crazy throwing people out of the church that don't have it coming. Ah, uh, these people are annoying, you know, and we're just looking for a reason to throw them out of the church. We shouldn't do that. We ought to have a desire to help people. We ought to have a desire to restore people. And if somebody's uh, getting out, of, if they're, you know, getting backslidden on God, if, they, if somebody's leaving our church, 
We ought to care about them. We ought to try to do what we can to get them back. And just like, you know, when I started this church, you know, I'm doing everything I can to get people here and to get people in the church. The last thing we want to do is get to where we've got a full building, our bills are being paid, and then just not care anymore. That's not, that's not what we're about as a church. As a church, we are about not, we're not just about reaching the lost, but we're also about edifying the saints. And that's one of the main things that we're doing here. We're supposed to be exhorting one another and so much the more as we see the day approaching. We're supposed to be ministering to others and we can't be forgetting about people and thinking we don't need them. Oh, you know, the building's full. You know, you know who cares? You know, we're not, we're not going to miss them. No, we need to miss them. Okay? Let's miss people if they're not here. Let's notice it if somebody's you know, getting, getting backslidden on God. Reach out to these people. Call them up. Make sure that they know that they matter. Every one of them ought to matter. That should be the attitude we have. We need to remember that church, it's not just about us, but it's about others. Matthew chapter 25 in verse 37. You say, well, now church, it's not about, it's about, it's supposed to be about Jesus Christ. Well, that's true. It is about Jesus Christ. But remember what Jesus said in Matthew 25, 37. He said, then shall the righteous answer him saying, Lord, when saw we thee and hungered and fed thee or thirsty and gave thee drink? When saw we thee a stranger and took thee in, or naked and clothed thee? Or when saw we thee sick or in prison and came unto thee? And the king shall answer and say unto them, Verily I say unto you, Inasmuch as ye have done it unto the least of these, my brethren, ye have done it to me. So folks, the truth is, if we're just taking people for granted, you know what we're doing? We're taking Jesus for granted. If we're just letting other people in the church just kind of fall by the wayside and we're not caring about them, we're not caring about Jesus. You know, if we're just uh, not worried about ministering to some folks, then we're missing an opportunity to minister to Jesus. He is not here in the flesh for us to serve and for us to bless. And he has said that he wants us doing these things to other people. And if these, if these people, if these souls matter to him, then they should matter to us. If these are saved people, people that Jesus purchased with his blood, he wants them to be a part of this church. Yes, they might be a babe in Christ, and yes, they might be slow when it comes to their growth, but God loves them, and he wants us to minister to them. And our way of serving Christ, our way of making church about Jesus Christ, is by us thinking about other people, and us not taking people for granted, and doing whatever we can, us actually genuinely caring about what goes on in their life. Let me tell you something. If Jesus showed up here today and said, hey, can you pray for me over something? Man, we'd be all over that. Like, Man, let me, I'm going to get to a prayer meeting right now. You know, let me, you know, let me call for the elders of the church. All right? you know, let's cancel the service tonight. And we're having a prayer meeting because Jesus needs us to pray for something. Well, you know what? Miss Dawn needs us praying for her brother right now. You know, they're going through a tough time with that. You know, he's struggling. There's other people in our church who have needs going on, things that they're concerned about, things that they're worried about, things that they're carrying, things they're dealing with. But we're like, oh, that's not that. That's not as big of a deal. You better believe it's as big of a deal. And if we quit caring about these people, if we quit, you know, looking at the needs of other people, then, you know, God's going to quit looking at our needs. God's going to quit caring about what we need. It's going to come back on us. If we're not going to do well in 2020, we better make sure this year that the other, everybody in this church matters more than they ever did. And I don't care how big we get. I don't care if we get to where you can't find a seat in here. You might be wanting some people to leave so you can at least find a place to sit. You know, let's not, let's not have that attitude. 
Let's not get that way. Let's keep caring because they all matter. They, if they matter to God, they ought, they ought to matter to us. We do not want this church becoming a social club. James chapter 2, look what it says in James chapter 2 and verse 1. My brethren, have not the faith of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory, with respect of persons. For there, if there come into your assembly a man with a gold ring and goodly apparel, and there come in also a poor man in vile raiment, and ye have respect to him that weareth the gay clothing, and say unto him, Sit thou here in a good place, and say to the poor, Stand thou here, sit here under my footstool. Are ye not then partial in yourselves, and become judges of evil thoughts? Hearken, my beloved brethren, hath not God chosen the poor of this world, rich in faith, and heirs of the kingdom which he hath promised to them that love him? But ye have despised the poor. Do not rich men oppress you and draw you before the judgment seats? Do not they blaspheme that worthy name whereby ye are, uh, name by the which ye are called? If ye fulfill the royal law concerning the scripture, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself, ye do well. But if ye have respect of persons, ye commit sin and are convinced of the law as transgressors. Right there, what James is saying, if, if you have the faith of the Lord Jesus, if you're saved and you have respect of persons, you are a horrible example. Here you are, you're convinced of the law as a transgressor. You're living look just like you're just like the lost people. You know, if you're more concerned about the rich than you are the poor, you're no different than the lost people. That's how they are. You know, and we're as Christians, we're not supposed to be like that. God has chosen the poor of the world, those who are rich in faith. So the truth is you know, why would we despise the poor? These are the ones that are probably more likely to get saved. We and we don't want, and, but a lot of times churches they get this attitude. Well, you know, sometimes those poor people smell a little bit. You know, they don't all. You know, sometimes they go and they, you know, they cause, you know, they cause problems. You know, they they have issues. They've got you know drama in their life. You know, those are the people we need to help. Those are the people that we're trying to make a difference in. Uh, you, know, we, you know, we don't want them coming and dirtying up the place. But you know what? Let me t- and let me just say this too, because we need to remember this when we get this new building. And brother Hugo said something about this this morning. But the church building is not a museum. Right? This place is not a museum. And let me just tell you something. I thank God every week on Sunday night. When this place is just trashed. Now, I believe in being respectful and taking care of the building and everything. But I remember back in the day when it didn't take long to clean this place up. You know why? Because there wasn't that much activity around here. But you know what? Where no oxen is, the crib is clean. And we got a dirty crib. And I'm okay with that. You know, because that means we've got people here. That's a blessing. That's a good thing. When I was at my dad's church, we had this guy, just one of these, you know, worthless Christians that thinks he's better than everybody. We came to him complaining one time because he went into the bathroom and the garbage can was overflowing with paper towels. And, you know, my dad just went in there and he was just like, watch. And he just like pushed all the paper towels down and there was like a whole bunch of room. But it's just like, okay, first of all, you know, thank God when the garbage cans were overflowing. It means a lot of people have been in here using the bathroom. Means we've got people here, and some people they can't stand that. You know, it's like, oh man, you know, we don't want to get you know a spot on the carpet. We don't get a stain on it. It's going to happen, folks. We've got little kids all over the place. 
when we get that new building, we're planning on remodeling that auditorium. We're going to put new carpet in there. You know what? It's going to get barfed on probably in the first week. <laughs> We've got little kids here everywhere. Now, we want, you know, so we're not going to be irresponsible. We don't need people, you know, popping open cans of soda, you know, in the middle of service and exploding everywhere and let your kids run around with food and drinks. But, folks, stuff's going to happen. Stuff's going to happen when you have as many people as we have, when you have as many little kids as we have. And I say, thank God for it. And the last thing that we're going to do is have everybody walking around on eggshells because we're so concerned about keeping our museum intact. You know, if, you want, if, if you're into that, you know where you need to go spend your Sunday? At the Dillon Home over in Sterling. How many have ever been to the Dillon Home in Sterling? Okay, now that place is kind of like a museum. And it's really nice. You know, they've, they've kept that place extremely well preserved. And they know it and they're proud of it. But you know, it's a museum. That's what they're supposed to do there. They've got a clock in there from the 17, a, a grandfather clock from the 1700s in there. You know, they've got so many valuables in there, they don't want you taking pictures of it because it's like they don't want the crooks out there in the world to know what's in there because, you know, somebody might get inspired to go rob the place. But that's fine. That's a museum. You know, what the things that we do when we buy a building, when we put things, you know, we're getting stuff that's going to be used. And it's going to get tore up. It's going to get wore out. It's not going to last forever, and that's okay. The, the, this is about people, and with people comes some issues, comes some damage, whatever. And we're not going to be one of these snobby churches. There's a whole bunch of rich money bag churches out here that's just full of people with money. Go to that church and go enjoy their little museum where nobody ever gets a smudge on anything. You know, we're always going to have face prints. And little handprints all over the those nice glass doors that we brought in the front door. You know, little kids want to go stick their face on there. I don't, I don't know why they do that, but they do it. And when you see a face print on there, you know what? Thank God we actually have little kids. Because another thing, too, that I talk to people regularly out here, they talk about how there's no young people in the churches. There's no little kids in the church. You know why? Because you ran them all out because they're smudging up their all the glass with their you know slobbery faces. That's just part of it. And we're going to be okay with that because we care about people in this church. So the third, and real quick, I'm just going to do these last two real quick. Another thing we need to do, make sure we do, in order to have a good 2020, we need to keep sin out of the camp. 1 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 1, it is reported commonly that there is fornication among you. And such fornication that is not so much as named among the Gentiles that one should have his father's wife. Are ye puffed up, and are ye puffed up, and have not rather mourned that he which hath done this deed might be taken away from among you? For I verily as absent in body, but present in spirit, have judged already as though I were present concerning him that hath done this, so done this deed. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, when ye are gathered together in my spirit with the power of our Lord Jesus, to deliver such one unto Satan for the destruction of the flesh, that the spirit may be saved in the day of the Lord Jesus, your glorying is not good. Know ye not that a little leaven leaveneth the whole lump? Purge out therefore the old leaven, that ye may be a new lump, as ye are unleavened, for even Christ our Passover is sacrificed for us. Look, a little leaven will leaven the whole lump. You know what? You need to keep yourselves clean. You need to keep yourselves pure. You need to remain uh, moral. We need, you know, husbands, you better stay faithful to your wives, and wives stay faithful to your husbands. You need to keep the junk out of your mind. You need to, you know, as if you're in whatever business you're in, you need to be honest. You better not be ripping people off out there. You better be doing right. You better be keeping those Ten Commandments. You better be doing all these things. 
And you know the trendies, they're all against us talking about the law because the law doesn't save us. But you know, I agree, the law doesn't save us. But if we're out there just killing people, stealing, committing adultery, God is not going to bless our church. We're going to be in big trouble. And you better keep your act together. You better keep yourself clean. You better keep yourself pure. And if you've messed up, you know what you need to do? If you've messed up in a really bad way, we need to confess our faults one to another. You better get it right. You better get some accountability in your life because not God is not going to bless this church and God's not going to bless you if you keep that sin in your life. You better get rid of it. You better do whatever it takes to get rid of it because it will ruin you. And if we as a church, we're just ignoring known sin that is in our midst, God is not going to bless us. And so we've got to make sure we keep the sin out of the camp. And then lastly, we need to just be safe, stay faithful, and don't quit. Galatians 6, 9, let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. And thank God we have been, you know, we've been, you know, 2019 I think was a, a year of reaping. Now, it was also a lot, a year of, a lot of sowing has been done too. Folks, we've been working towards this, you know, getting another building, you know, bigger building, you know, me going full time. That's something we've been working towards for a long time. You know, we never intended that this would be the final. But I knew this building wouldn't be big enough to last us forever. But it was, it's been great for starting out. And it's been the goal. It's always been the goal to fill this place up and move somewhere else. And I, I believe 2020 is the year we're going to finally reap that. You know, since we've started, it's been my goal to be full-time as soon as the church is able. That's going to happen in 2020. That's going to be a major reaping that takes place there. But, you know, that's not all we want to do. You know, 2020, that's not the year where we're just going to reap. You know what we're going to keep doing, too? We're going to keep planting seeds. We're going to keep watering. We're going to keep doing more and more because we want to do great things for God. One of our goals, too, is to eventually start more churches. We want to get some more churches started in other parts of this country that need churches. We want to do more soul winning. We want to, we want to reach out to more places. We want to do, we want to keep doing more and more in these areas. And so we've got to keep on working. We've got to keep on sowing. And you know what? If we will reap if we faint not. All we've got to do is stay faithful. There's going to be the dry seasons. There's going to be the tough times that are going to come where, you know, there's going to be some things that are going to come up that are going to be setbacks. You know, we might have a financial setback. We might, I mean, who, there's no telling. All, just, let's just say this too. There's a lot of bad stuff that could possibly happen in 2020. I mean, folks, anything can happen. Boast not thyself of tomorrow, for thou knowest not what a day may bring forth. We have no idea. I mean, we still got two days left in 2019. You know, there, you realize there's still time for us to say that 2019 was a terrible year. After all the good that's happened, it's possible that we could say 2019 was the worst year of our life. He said, there's only two days. A lot of bad stuff can happen in two days. So that's why at the end of the day, I'm just going to stay dependent on Christ. I just want to stay as close to him as possible. And then if I have to go through a Job type situation, I just want to make sure I'm like Job in that situation. I just want to stay dependent on Christ, have that attitude the Lord gave and the Lord taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. 
We just need to stay dependent. And I am, I'm extremely excited about this next year, but I've been around this thing long enough to know how quickly things can change. And we can, you know, we don't know what a day can bring forth. And no matter what happens, no matter how good, no matter or how bad things get, no matter what, we always need to maintain an attitude of dependence on Christ. Always. Wherever you're at financially in your home, stay dependent on Christ. You might be doing good right now. Stay dependent on Him. Keep thanking Him for, for what you have. Don't you know your health might be good right now. But stay dependent on Him. Never forget that God wants us, God does not bless us so we can, you know, not need Him as much and not be around. No, God wants to, us to be close to Him. God wants to have that close relationship. But too often when He blesses people, they all of a sudden get real independent from Him. And I don't, I don't want that for me and my personal walk with Christ. And I don't want that for our church when it comes to our church's walk with Christ. We need to remember our dependence and we need, we need to make sure we just give all glory. Everything that happened in 2019, we're giving all glory to Him. We, blame, we, we give God the glory for every good thing. We blame the devil for the bad things. You know, kind of like we do with Brother Eric in the weather. You know. Glory to God when it's good. Brother Eric's fall when it's bad, right? You know. Maybe that's not completely right, but I think you get the point on that. And so I hope you'll do that. I hope you'll you'll go into 2020 with that attitude, completely dependent on Christ. 2020 is going to stink without Jesus Christ's help. Without Him, we can do nothing. Never forget it. Let's pray. Dear Lord, we thank You so much for all You've done for us. We thank You for the great year that You've given us and all the blessings. Uh, that we've seen. And Lord, we're looking forward to 2020 and seeing what you do. And I just pray you'll help us to uh, hang on to this attitude of dependence on you that we'll never forget it, that we'll uh, be thankful, that we'll, we'll keep ourselves humble. We won't get lifted up with pride just because of what you did. And I just pray you'll uh, help us carry that through the rest of the, uh, this whole next year. In your name we pray. Amen. So let's have another song.